And I think too, a key, a key here, it, you know, in missions at all, missions partnership from the West to the East or the Middle East is that, you know, that consistency and long-term relationship. Um, you know, we're not, we're not scattering $10 bills across the world. We're trying to um, go deep with a few people and a few partners in a few areas of the world and, and, you know, prove to them, if for lack of a better term, prove to them that we're in this for the long haul and we just want to be a blessing. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches and pastors and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Jake Mills. Jake is the missions and outreach pastor at Beltway Park Church in Abilene, Texas. Jake found Jesus through the youth ministry of Beltway Park and eventually became a missionary to China and later a pastor here in the U.S. before returning to Beltway Park in 2021. One of the unique characteristics of Beltway Park's missions efforts is an emphasis on taking the gospel to the Jewish people, both in Israel and around the world. I asked Jake why this has become such an important part of their missions DNA. You know, uh, for years, uh, Beltway Park, starting with probably our lead pastor coming here uh, in I think 1998, so it's been a while. Um, Beltway Park has just had at the center of its heart and its mission uh, to bless uh, the Jewish people. And we believe that, you know, God is not done with Israel by any means, and uh, that Israel will be and is a part of, you know, an end time revival um, that's going to take place, and and that. Um, Israelis, the, the Hebrew people, are loved by God, and so uh, with that in mind, we we have put a lot of our effort and time uh, into creating partnerships uh, with congregations over in Israel to bless them and ministries uh, to bless them and to be a part of what they're doing. We believe that as we bless the Jewish people, that God blesses us. Um, we don't do it for that reason, but we've seen it happen over 25 plus years of God just completely blessing this this little church uh, that started, you know, we always say between two cow pastures in Abilene, Texas, and now <laughs> is, you know, just, uh, just amazing what God has done and allowed us to do. And uh, we've never really wanted for anything financially. And it's because partly at least because of our commitment to blessing uh, God's chosen people and believing that uh, he wants them to, you know, hear the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. That's awesome. How ha uh, have you, like, what are some specific ways that you have seen um, your missions efforts in Israel and the things that you're doing to try to bless uh, the Jewish people, bless the, you know, the messianic congregations in Israel. Um, how have you seen that kind of come back and, and return the blessing on you? What are some, some specific instances you guys have seen of that? 
So we, you know, a lot of it is just um, general financial blessing. We, I think from the beginning had uh, David, our lead pastor and our elders had an idea that we would um, give a certain percentage of our budget to missions. And then a certain percentage of that budget would go uh, to, um, you know, Messianic Jewish mission type stuff in Israel. And so um, each year, uh, from that day. So this is a long time ago. So ten, we started at 10% and each year they made a commitment to uh, try to raise it 1%. And so this year we gave 34, we are giving 34% of our total budget uh, to missions and outreach. And wow. out of that, there's a percentage and honestly, I can't remember exactly what it is, but maybe 10% of that or something uh, we commit to going to Israel. And, and so because of that, we, we've just seen God. So, so think about that, adding a percentage each year, you know, we've just seen God bless each year. And so we can continue Ooh. to add and continue to add and continue to add. And so, you know, to the tune of, you know, now it's like $4 million a year goes out to uh, missions and outreach. Uh, and so that includes a lot of things, but the majority sure. of that is, is our partnerships across the world. And then, you know, within that, a huge priority at the top of the list, uh, you know, as, as far as the amount given and all of that is Israel. That's inspiring. So you're saying that over a third at this point, um, over a third of Beltway Park's total budget is going to missions and outreach right now. That is correct. That's, it's that's amazing. I know. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. But that, that honestly is is you know it is the biblical economy give and it will be given unto you pressed down right. shaken together overflowing um you know is what it is that's awesome and then obviously you know a large portion or a significant portion of that is is going to your your focus on uh blessing the messianic congregations and the jewish people and israel and and that type of thing you know jewish evangelism is such a sensitive subject it's it's not an easy thing uh to deal with how does beltway park bring the gospel uh, to the Jewish people in an kind of a sensitive understanding way. Well, first of all, we don't we don't do it ourselves. <laughs> so we we partner with with Jewish people, Messianic Jewish people who have accepted Jesus as the Messiah, follow Jesus. Um, so you know, pastors and congregations. So we're not going to Israel and and trying to directly convert. They're doing street Jews. evangelism, exactly. and handing yeah. out tracts <laughs> at the Wailing Wall, yeah. right? Exactly. So, you know, we try to be sensitive. In other words, um, understanding, uh, you know, what has befallen the the um, Jews from you know for for centuries uh, through the church, and it's not maybe the the real church, if you want to say that, or the big C church or whatever, <laughs> right, but it's, right. it, they've had that name. They've used that name. And so when, when you say Christian or church um, in Israel, it's bad, you know, and, and, and so, uh, or even Christ. And so we, we try to just be sensitive about those things, understanding that there's, you know, like I said, centuries upon centuries of, of bad blood and uh, atrocities that were committed and and so we we're quick to quick to apologize for those and to you know say hey we weren't a part of that but we understand the the difficulty or we at least feel bad about the difficulty and um and then again just defer to our brothers and sisters who are jewish and are there and know how to like you said you know 
um, deal with the sensitivity of, of Jewish evangelism. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not just a concept that should apply to Jewish yeah. evangelism. It's a concept yeah. that we should use in a, and effective missions is, is being done this way all throughout the world. You know, the most effective people to reach, um, you know, Kenyans, are not Americans uh, going over there and, and doing street evangelism. It's Kenyans reaching their own yeah. people. And it's the same thing when it comes to Jewish evangelism is, and that's what you guys have experienced. So, yeah. And it's this whole idea of, I think in, you know, it doesn't matter that you use this word, but you know, indigenous church principles that we want sure. indigenous people to be leading indigenous churches. So we want to help. And we believe in the idea of missions, cross-cultural missions, but, um, but you know, the way we help is by partnering with um, local believers and local pastors and local congregations. And so that's how we've, we've kind of done it. Um, and we have a, a number of partners in Israel um, and we will come and do on a yearly basis, you know, a camp to help a kid's camp uh, to help some congregations put that on. And, and we bring a team and, and all of that, but it's all led by the, the leaders there and we're just coming alongside them um in any way that they want us to and you know we don't we don't come up with the curriculum or the you know anything like that we we allow you know we want them to do that and then they allow us to come alongside and just have fun with kids and play baseball and stuff like that so um <laughs> it's a lot of fun and and i think too a key a key here uh, it, you know in missions at all missions partnership from the west to the east or the middle east is that you know that consistency and long-term relationship um you know we're not we're not scattering ten dollar bills across the world we're mm-hmm. trying to um go deep with a, a few people and a few partners in a few areas of the world and and you know prove to them if for lack of a better term prove to them that we, we're in this for the long haul and we just want to be a blessing and so like i say we've done that you know 15 plus years in a row other than covid um (laughs) and so and we have other partners we have a partner in ireland a church in ireland that we do something with every year and have for almost 20 something years so it's not just israel but we try to use this this concept that we're gonna be consistent and we're gonna go deep with people and we're gonna um be a blessing to them come alongside them not try to take over and and think we know what best Mm-hmm. As a missions pastor, how does that change the way that you view partnerships and opportunities and your programs there at Beltway Park? You know, does it, you know, it's it's easy to throw some trips together and it's easy to throw some offerings together and, and have a missions program. But when you're talking about deep relationship, it's it's becomes much anything with relationships. It makes it more complicated. How has that impacted uh, what you do? So when I, when I consider like new partnerships, when we consider new partnerships, you know, it, it just, it changes what you're looking for, you know? And so when you're talking with a partner, you're really thinking, can this be somebody I, I partner with on a, for, for a long time, for many years? Um, not every partnership works out that way. And so that, so first you, I guess you got to admit that, that, you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, that you can't partner with them forever. They can't partner with you forever. Uh, like it's been with us, with some of our partners in Israel and I mentioned Ireland. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's an imperfect system run by imperfect people. So, uh, but you're looking for, you know, Hey, are these, are these people wanting 
wanting more than just finances? I mean, are they wanting are they wanting a connection? Are they wanting um, a covering? Are they are they wanting something like that? And so, you know, it changes the way you look at. Well, let's give a certain amount of money to this type of ministry out of our budget. And here are five of those. So let's split it between those five. Okay. Now this, Mm -hmm. you know, 16% of our missions budget goes to, you know, feeding the hungry. Okay. So let's figure out 10 feeding the hungry, you know, ministries and go from there. Instead Mm -hmm. of that, it's really is relationship. Will will they even meet with me? Can I talk with them? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, And so we, we consider a lot of new, new partners every year and we always add new partners, you know, a lot of them, uh, and this is the way we do a lot of things at Beltway, but a lot of them are, um, you know, through relationships, you know, somebody knows somebody. And so somebody we're already partnering with introduces us to a new congregation or a new ministry or a new church plant in, you know, San Diego or whatever. And we, we go that route and, um, it's connections with connections, um, mm-hmm. And also a lot of our new partners now are people that have, you know, come out of our church. So we call them sons and daughters. So they, <laughs> they come out of our church and they go. And so we, you know, we partner with them. And so they're becoming missionaries or planting a church or moving to Israel or whatever. And we, <laughs> we, uh, we partner with them and that's always, you know, we know, we know them, they've been here, they're, there are people. So um, there's a, a greater potential for a long-term partnership and connection. Mm-hmm. Now, and as we, as we record this, you're getting ready to actually go to Israel and, and, and visit some of those partners and do some work over there. And, uh, and also, you know, obviously combine that with an opportunity for people in your, in your church to, to visit uh, some of the amazing uh, historical and biblical locations there. Um, I'm curious, what are some of the, the missions partners that you guys are, are working with in Israel right now? And what are some of the reasons you've chosen to work through those ministries or those organizations? Sure. A lot of it, a lot of it really is, just um, years of God connecting us to different partners. So it's not, you know, it's not necessarily that you have a, it's not very, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the word. (laughs) It's not very systematic in a sense. It's not like we've, you know, we've had a list of country. It's very organic. Exactly. That's the word it's organic. And so, um, you know, we've really, we've partnered with the ones we partner with because God, you know, orchestrated it because God, providentially put us together. Um, and so some of the ones that we partner with, like this next uh, week, we'll be doing uh, a camp with uh, Tents of Mercy. And that Tents of Mercy is a, a group of congregations. And uh, so we, you know, we put a camp on for them and, or help them put on a camp, I should say, for kids and uh, do that for a week. Um, you know, we've got a partner called Jewish Voice, uh, which is which is a great organization, very large organization. Hatikva is one of ours. Uh, we specifically partner with them to do mm-hmm. uh, dental clinic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're a, a ministry that obviously you know them, but they're they've done um, they're they're serving the poor and the needy, and mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is awesome. So they. And so King of Kings is another one. Um, again, that's a, that's a congregation, uh, but also kind of does some extra ministry uh, sure. stuff. Eitan Shishkov is one of our partners. <laughs> of course, he's long-term uh, in the Messianic movement um, mm-hmm. in Israel. And so anyways, there's a, there's a few of them. Uh, we even have a, we have a, 
a partner in uh, Ukraine uh, that is uh, a Jewish a Jewish couple that uh, they minister to Jews to Jewish people in the Ukraine and so this is this has been years so way before the recent stuff going on in Ukraine but um, seven and around Odessa they have like seven congregations that they um, that they kind of oversee I guess or, or resource or help or whatever so yeah there's and that's just a that was just a connection from another another Jewish ministry uh, when we when we started to to partner with them No matter what a church's specific missions focus and calling, it won't work without real relationships. And the more relational a partnership is, the less predictable it will be. But with all of that messiness comes opportunities that can't happen without working through those challenges. We'll continue our conversation with Jake after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end, and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. Hearing about lives being transformed by the gospel is always a moving experience. I asked Jake about what it's like to hear this happening among the Jewish people. You know, just I, I read so many uh, so many newsletters that I it all kind of melds together. But I can tell you that I you know hear constantly of people who um, Jewish people who are open all of a sudden you know by kind of kind of miraculously not kind of miraculously it is miraculously um, <laughs> to you know Jesus as Messiah and um, that happens in different ways but but mostly it happens uh through direct relationship and connection uh from the congregation and there are ministries that are targeting certain certain you know uh demographics i mentioned hatikva but there's also a a a really great uh push to try to minister to uh kind of young adults who are who are coming out of their uh, military service because in mm-hmm. Israel there's a there's a, a mandatory military service when right. and I, there's some 
you know, loopholes and back and forth there, but they, you know, <laughs> almost every, you know, person has to serve in the military and, uh, and, and it's really more like gets to, you know, I say has to, but right, gets to right. serve in the military and, but it's just like any military service, um, you know, it's, it's rough. And, uh, and so there's a, there's ministries I've heard of recently and congregations who have said, Hey, we're going to, we're really going to, um, target this this group, you know, this age, and try to help them as they come out. And some of them are, you know, are from messianic families, and some of them are not. And and so offering just, uh, you know, just the Jesus model of of um, I've recently heard, you know, just the Jesus model of trying to meet real needs and and heal, see somebody mm-hmm. healed, um, and they've been seeing success in that and. Um, helping these, they're really kids. I mean, they're young adults, but just barely. <laughs> so right. they're really kids and they, you know, they've seen a lot. And so uh, helping them, you know, work through that and then introducing them to to Jesus as Messiah. That That's pretty cool. Hatikva, you know, in a recent um, newsletter was talking about, you know, just how, you know, they always send, I love how Hatikva sends um, these testimonies. Uh, and so I remember one that was, a 66 year old uh, person who, you know, was living on a fixed income, um, government employee, that kind of stuff, and uh, had had lost their daughter a few years ago, depression, all that wow. kind of stuff, and um, and that, like I said, Hatikva will do these dental outreaches, mm-hmm. basically these dental projects, and so this lady hadn't had any teeth um, for years, not able to afford any dental treatments. And there's a whole other story behind why why people don't have dental right. care in Israel, but suffice it to say, they don't. And um, Hatikva was able to provide, you know, full dentures for her, uh, and you know, at a at a way reduced rate. And now she has this smile, and and so meeting <laughs> meeting real needs, you know, and 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 tying that to um, the gospel of of Jesus, the Messiah, um, is kind of what I get excited about, you know, when I when I see that. That those are those are stories of I think that's effective um, rather than I guess something else. <laughs> yeah. So you know I think this is this is kind of the way the way to do it family by family need by need um, lovingly and and caringly sharing the gospel uh, that that Jesus is the answer. That's awesome. You know, um, obviously the work that you guys are doing in Israel and with the Jewish people, um, is, uh, is very important and central to what you guys are doing with your missions program. Um, but your missions program extends beyond that. It goes through, uh, you know, all the nations you guys are doing, you have projects all, all around the world. What are some of the other projects, um, that you're working on that have got you really excited going forward right now? What are the, some of the other initiatives or countries that you're working in? Yeah, so I, I, I'm excited about some of the things we're doing in India. Uh, India is um, right now uh, facing a high level of, of persecution. I was a missionary in China for a few years, and it kind of ebbs and flows there as well. And there has mm-hmm. seen a high right now. Mm-hmm. When I was there, it wasn't that high. So, But, it, you know, India is seeing a high level of persecution, and we have – you know, been blessed to have some really great partners in India that are doing amazing things in the face of persecution, and and God's spirit continues to to move and to to transform lives, and the underground church continues uh, to grow. So I get 
I get really excited about that. And we have some, we have a, a great church uh, partnership in Ireland. Um, a live church is what they're called in Enniscorthy, Ireland. And um, that has just been, that's just a testimony to decades of relationship, just deep, deep relationship. And so, um, uh, you know, if you don't know, if you're listening and you don't know, you know, Ireland is, is a very uh, post-Christian, you know, Catholic dominated type um, situation. And so they actually just, our team just got back. We always send a team every year again to do a, a kids and youth camp. Um, there's like, I don't know, I feel like there's between three and 400 kids there <laughs> wow. and they don't do, they don't do kids camp. Like it's not a thing. So, you know, people send their kids that have never been to church. Um, and so it, it's just amazing. So we handed out, they, I wasn't there. They handed out a, a ton of Bibles and mm. um, just had one testimony where, you know, somebody came in the next day and either a young adult, it sounded like it was either a young adult or a parent of a kid um, that came in and said, Hey, thank you for this Bible. We got it yesterday. Now, can you show me, you know, where in the Bible was the story we were talking about yesterday? And just a, you know, a depth of like, I really want to know this stuff, you know? And uh, so I get excited about that, but uh, lots of, lots of partners. We've got uh, great partners in Poland. And recently, you know, with what's going on in Ukraine, uh, we've been able to funnel support and resources uh, to them as they minister to Ukrainian refugees. Um, and so there's a church there uh, in Krakow, Poland called KDM. And we re- we uh, partner with them. And they, um, last I heard, they had like rented out like three three or four hotels uh, to house refugees and, uh, you know, Ukrainian refugees. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot to that. And so they're just doing a ton of work right in the middle of it. And they have church services at each hotel and have seen, you know, both, you know, able to be physically there for people in need, but also spiritually. And so it's been a really cool, cool thing. Just the, obviously in a moment of need like that, there's, uh, there's also an opportunity, an opportunity mm-hmm. to show the love and and light of Jesus. So that's been cool to be a part of. That's awesome. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to a missions pastor like yourself, or maybe even uh, like the senior pastor or the lead pastor of a church that's small, it doesn't have a missions pastor, um, but they really want to um, become more engaged in, in both local and global missions, what would be the one piece of advice you would give them? Man, do I, can I just, can I have more than one or? Do I, yeah, go for it. <laughs> just <Yeah>. one. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, part, so the practical side of me says, that step one is numbers. <laughs> and so look at your budget and get a team together and commit because you can get all excited, you know, emotionally about, you know, partnering with, with missions all over the world, but really uh, until you get to budgeting, it doesn't actually happen. And so I would, I would, you know, start with that and start with a percentage, just say 2% mm-hmm. or 5% or 10%, whatever you think the Lord is leading you to do. And then by faith, add to that each year. So that, I feel like that, that kind of sets a platform or a foundation for you to then listen to the Lord and see what happens. And then secondarily, I would just, again, emphasize this idea of two, two principles, one being, um, uh, 
you know, the Jew first or Israel first. Mm-hmm. And just the mm-hmm. idea that we, we, we bless Israel, we bless the Jewish people, not in, in, in with the gospel. So hear me clearly, we bless sure. them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. So not separate from that, but we, 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 have that with it. So I would just encourage that person, that hypothetical person listening that, Hey, um, consider doing that. Consider, you know, starting with, a, a you know, a tense of mercy or a hatikva or something like that um, and see what the Lord does. And then second, the second philosophical thing is just um, that whole emphasis on relationship. So instead of, instead of, Hey, let's try to get 20 partners and give $5 a piece and, and get some newsletters coming in. Instead of that, consider going deep with one. Just find one partner that you believe in and go deep with them and send some people if they'll if they'll host some people. Get I mean really go talk with them. Get to get to know them. Do some Zoom calls with them or something. Uh, so that your people and somehow bridge that with your people, not just you as the pastor, but somehow, you know, with a video or then, you know, bringing them here or whatever, get, get a relationship going between your congregation and, and their ministry and, and then, then just stay there. Just keep doing it every year, every, you know, every decade. And I believe the Lord will, will bless you tremendously and bless them uh, because of that partnership. Most of today's conversation focused on Israel and Jewish evangelism. The principles Jake shared apply to all missions efforts. Here are three key points for today's episode. First, Beltway Park isn't the first church we've highlighted on this podcast that has seen amazing things happen by intentionally setting aside a percentage of their church's budget for missions and then consistently increasing that amount every year. It doesn't matter what the starting percentage is, just set it aside and then slowly raise that percentage annually and see how much of an impact that can make. Second, It doesn't matter if it's Jewish evangelism or outreach to any other people, group, or nation. The best people to share the gospel in a culture are people from that culture. This isn't always easy, especially when dealing with unreached people groups. But once the opportunity presents itself to have Christians from inside that group reaching out to their own people, this transition must happen. And then finally, getting started in missions isn't as difficult as we sometimes make it. But we still need to step back and be practical about it. Look at the budget and set aside the funds to be used. After that, start taking action. Get a team together. Find a partnership you trust and then get to work. The rest is just details. I want to thank Jake for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Beltway Park Church, go to beltway.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership. Thank you.